and we're back with another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode 308, aka Year 7, Week 6, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mr. Rich E. Rich, along with MC. And since this is your regular scheduling call-in show, that's not true. It's not. We're doing this at a really weird time. So no phone numbers uh, this week, just us going through the news. Uh, we did a little bit on the pre-show. Uh, didn't really have anything pressing for the week. Uh, Biden bombed Syria. Like, is that, that was it. That's the Dope. news. Dope. I just, real quick on that. I just like all the, you know, all the uh, Democrats who were like, he would never do that. You know, like, you know, Twitter, the Twitterverse and even, you know, uh, Jen Psaki or whatever has an old tweet yeah. when Trump did it. <laughs> He's like, that's illegal. That's unconstitutional. That's unconscionable and unconstitutional. And like. Well, Biden himself tweeted that he would never do that. So <laughs> yeah, and but there there was like a headline that basically said like uh, someone from Biden's like they tried to deflect it off of Biden himself. They said something like someone from uh, the Biden administration authorized the bombing, uh, but the White House has been silent, as if they were like not in the loop on that. So we'll we'll see how it know. gets I, spun. I I read somewhere that he said okay. So okay. Um. Whoever directed it uh, might be different from who authorized it, but as far as I'm aware, uh, he he approved it. Okay, and and then even if he if he doesn't uh, claw them back and say, "I didn't want you to do that," then uh, that means he did want them to do that. So, <laughs> sure, he's in charge. Well, and that's I guess I, I I it's either an old headline then, or my initial thought was, oh, they're going to try to spin this so it wasn't him. So that they're they're not caught in a conflict, mm-hmm. um, but one of the things that I think we did learn from the Trump administration is there are boots on the ground that won't follow directives from the White House, right? Mm. Like there was there was the troop withdrawal at some point that turned out not to be because they lied to Donald Trump about how many troops there were, right? So I I think it would stand to reason that there might be those people still in play the, that would lie to now president Biden uh, about similar circumstances, you know, but we'll see, right. I'm not defending him. Right. And sure. the bucks, yeah. the buck stops somewhere, but, but I, it's, there's now precedent set for that type of behavior. But boots on the ground and, and dropping bombs are a little bit different. Understood. By, and by boots on the ground, I just mean, you know, those people who make those decisions as opposed to, sitting in the Oval Office somewhere, muttering to himself. Hmm. Okay. Right. Again, not an excuse. The buck stops with him. Uh, he probably did authorize it. I wouldn't put it past him. But I, what my suggestion is that that one article that said, uh, no word from the White House, my initial thought was they're going to try to deflect this away from Biden somehow. But if you're saying that he authorized it, came out, said it, go ahead, you know, do it. No, I'm not by saying all means. that he came out and said it, but oh. um, that somebody else said that that he authorized it oh yeah okay so also believe you know it's not it's not like he has to uh talk to the press every time he does something well but they they should definitely question the press uh secretary or whatever whatever her official title is find out what you know how how she's going to pretend to spin it and circle back to it later so we'll see and she'll probably say something like, what you should take away from this is the government <laughs> does does stuff and you don't need to know about it. 
and the and the media will just ignore it. Yeah, but you know, coming out and saying that is also not news, right? Like they're the the pro government people, um, like the the deep staters, I guess you know, lack of a better term, would say you know stuff like that. Like th- we have a CIA and intelligence and a military to do the dirty work to protect the average American citizen from really seeing what's going on. Like you don't really want to know all the deep down dirty shit that goes on in the world of, you know, international espionage. Um, and you're better off for it. So maybe, you know, ignore this, go back to your daily life of doing whatever it is you do, because you know, it, it happens and you don't really want to know about it, even though now you sort of know about it. Like that's, (laughs) You know, ignorance is bliss, I guess, for the average person. But that's it. Other than that, I got like I said, over a dozen headlines that we can blow through here. Um, unless you got more on that that Syria thing, I just you know, not shocking, no, not, not surprising, not really. Okay, I mean, it it really sucks. Um, but I I view Biden as a, a puppet totally anyway. So. Uh, whatever the Pentagon wants to do, he'll just approve. He'll say, oh, uh, if you want to bomb them, I'm sure you got good reasons. All right. Yeah. Do you want to talk about that a little more? Because I, I have the general, the same general feeling uh, about the Biden administration and the man himself, where he seems like the mo- most obvious puppet in the history <laughs> of like American <laughs> politics. Like it, it, it doesn't even like every other president, you know, if you want to say that there's a deep state or, you know, whatever, like pulling all the strings and it's, you know, happened since the dawn of time and someone's behind it. Uh, fine. Um, but it's like the, the way that Biden does his delivery, it's, it's like a vacant husk of a man. <laughs> sure. Like, I don't, I don't know how better I, do you get that same feeling when you watch him speak? Yeah. Like, okay, totally. good. All right. And, and so. I, there's there's no there's no soul there's no personality there's no conviction behind it it's just the words coming out of his mouth and most of that is like stumbled over muttered read off a teleprompter um and i don't you know pr- probably not an original thought uh, or feeling or anything yeah, going on I mean, in it. he couldn't even he couldn't even talk out of his own house without a teleprompter so Oh, during the campaign. So that's how bad it is. Yeah. But and I think, you know, that that's what I'm saying. It's just, it's the most obvious puppet in the history of ever at this point, in my opinion. Like, I don't, I don't sure. know the full history of the American presidency. Uh, couldn't name them all in order for you. So if, if there's, you know, evidence that someone was like more of an obvious puppet than Joe Biden, I would like to see how that played out. But this is ridiculous. Like, I, I, I don't even know if they try usually, to hide. I think usually what happens is that the the military industrial complex uh, puts a lot of fear into uh, the president, and they say, "Well, we know what's better because we've been doing this forever, and uh, so you should just do what we, you know." They'll, they'll give them three bad options and say, "Pick one," and then that makes them feel like they're in control. Um, so <clears throat> that's that's kind of the way I view what happened with uh, with Ronald Reagan. You know that, that you had the whole cold war thing going on and that that you know obviously nukes are something to be afraid of but um to the level of his paranoia i think uh drove him to just uh do some crazy ass shit (laughs) okay 
But I, I think part of that, you know, would have been Ronald Reagan doing it um, with a little bit of emotion and conviction and the belief that mm-hmm. given those choices that he was making, you know, the best decision possible. Yeah. And I don't even no, know I, if they're I, giving Biden three options. There's like, just read it off the prompter, man. I, I really believe uh, Reagan was paranoid. And I really believe that uh, Biden doesn't have anything to be afraid of. <laughs> you know, he's just doing what he's told to do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, at least I'm not the only one. You know, I, I, I see it and I go, really? Like this, this is, you know... So on, on YouTube, one of the, you know, I don't, I don't know where the best source of information is going to be coming from nowadays. Um, but it, you know, the, the anti Biden videos are all like sky news out of Australia. Oh yeah. Which is now, you know, the, like the, the Fox news of Australia, but it's the only, it's the only negative coverage you can find <laughs> now. Right. <laughs> because everything and in the American media is all fluff pieces and sugar coated yeah. candy. And even even Fox News uh, is not uh, anti-Biden anymore, really. I guess, but not as harshly as Sky News in Australia. Like they, well, sure, know, well, they're, they're they're definitely taking the the lead on that. <laughs> yes. So if you're looking if you're looking for like good sources of anti-Biden rhetoric, uh, you know, backed up by a pretty decent presentation, uh, check out check out those videos from Sky News Australia. There's clever, witty with an Australian accent to make it more entertaining. But the only place, it's the only place you'll find it. You know, maybe, maybe something here or there um, on on Fox News from like Tucker, since he's, you know, but but even those, right? Like the election passed um, and I don't get as many uh, recommendations in my YouTube feed for that. And so I don't, I don't see them and if I don't seek them out um, and I don't, I just don't see as much anti-biden uh rhetoric as i would like out of anybody in the in the united states media so i you know gotta look elsewhere maybe russia today i read you know i pull a lot of articles from russia today for other show prep um but yeah so we'll see there's nothing nothing bad it's all you know it's it's back to fluff pieces fluff pieces and and sugar-coated gravy from the from the u.s mainstream media which is to be expected Biden put another log on the fire. Look at that. Jill Biden is wearing a scrunchie. Doesn't that make you feel wholesome? <sighs> All right. Moving on. Headlines? Sure. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to blow through that. I said I got a lot. So try to keep track and pick one or three. Uh, headline. Economists warn we can't keep ignoring the national debt forever. Uh, headline new see something say something online act turns social media users into spies headline the idea of secession isn't going away uh, headline is individual individualism versus collectivism the new left versus right uh, headline 10 examples of kickbacks and waste in new covid bill showing it's not about covid at all uh, headline capital defenders cite missed intelligence for deadly breach uh, headline, well, it turns out weather modification wasn't just another crazy conspiracy theory. Might move that one to the front of the line. Uh, headline, <laughs> why, why can't, because I know you love this climate stuff. Uh, headline, why can't the sheep see? Uh, headline, no proof January 6th was an armed insurrection. Ooh. Uh, headline, liberty activists arrested, held on $1 million bond over entirely legal Facebook post criticizing the government. Uh, headline, ghost gun bans are doomed from the start. 
Uh, headline, Chicago lawmakers, call, oh, this is great, call to ban, guess, Grand Theft Auto in new bill blaming violent video games for spike in carjackings. Uh, I sent this over, I sent that one over to the, you know, the show prep group for uh, host of Free Talk Live, hoping that they would cover that on air. So I don't know if they did or not. Uh, I was like, what is this, the fucking 90s again? Like what? <laughs> Grand Theft Auto being banned again, you know, uh, for being blamed for violence. <laughs> uh, haven't we, haven't we into this? Uh, headline a couple years it's been a couple years but now it's back like they haven't even put out a new grand theft auto game in like fucking two generations of consoles man (laughs) like we're we're on like the playstation 5 grand theft auto 5 which was the last one was like the ps3 it might have been end of life but you're looking at damn near a decade since they've put out a new grand theft auto game um they're just fucking milking that cow and the red dead redemption cow as much as possible with the online play but like no all of all of a sudden grand theft autos you know the response uh responsible for the spike in chicago crime uh headline when is short selling fraudulent uh headline almost a year later there's still no evidence showing government can control the spread of covid19 and finally headline why stakeholder capitalism is a disaster for entrepreneurs so I mean, we kind of discussed the the Grand Theft Auto one, so I don't know if you want to me to read through that or if any of those jumped out at you. Um, Weather okay, modification, something about individualism versus collectivism. Ah, okay. Being the left or left and the right. The I, new I mean, left me, versus right. It's always been about that to me, but I mean, yeah, the the left and the right is just a uh, just a tool to divide people. Yes. And, and, you know, if, if division is not your thing, the, the, it's an old, like Lou Rockwell quote, it's not the left versus the right. It's the state versus you still a divider of people, you know, because some people want that state. Uh, and I'm okay with that division is individualism versus collectivism, the new left versus right from the foundation for economic education. Instead of mapping ideologies based on their social beliefs, we should map ideologies based on how much they seek to impose their social beliefs on others. When we normally think of the political spectrum, we picture a linear scale extending in opposite directions. The left side we think of as liberal or progressive, and the right side we consider conservative. We like to use this one-dimensional map as a way of comparing and contrasting different ideologies and beliefs, simplifying the complexities of politics into neat and straightforward tools. Besides all of the obvious problems when simplifying ideologies into a single scale, there's another important complication that is less obvious. The left-right spectrum views conservatism and progressivism as opposites, but in reality, the two sides tend to share an important commonality. Adherents on both sides of the ideological spectrum often seek to impose their personal views on the rest of society. For that reason, I propose a different approach. Instead of mapping ideologies based on their social beliefs, we should map ideologies based on how much they seek to impose their social beliefs on others. In other words, ideas should be judged based on how much choice they leave to the citizens and how much they allow individuals to live by their lifestyle and morals. One side of this proposed spectrum allows individuals to live by their accords and ideals, whereas the others seek to enforce their judgments on the lives of others. Individualism. The first side of the spectrum is known as individualism. As Ayn Rand writes, individualism regards man as an independent, sovereign entity who possesses an inalienable right to his own life, a right derived from his nature as a rational being. Individualism believes that every person, because they are rational and equal, are independent beings entitled to the largest possible domain of freedom. 
This freedom of choice and action only stops when it directly conflicts with the ability of others to do the same, mainly if it intrudes upon their life, liberty, or property. To an individualist, the maximum role of the government is to protect our lives, liberty, and property. If the government were to perform an additional task, whether it be for progressive or conservative ends, it would be, in the words of Frederick Bastiat, legalized plunder. Because the government is funded by taxation and taxation is the forced confiscation of some of our property, the individualist believes that the government should at most perform tasks that defend and enable individual freedom. Ultimately, individualism is the idea that we shouldn't impose a way of life or certain ideas on the rest of society. It believes that humans are a diverse, intricate species that should have the freedom to make their own choices. We should be free to choose and act as our heart desire, so long as such choices don't directly conflict with others' rights to do the same. Collectivism. The other side of this spectrum is collectivism, and it encompasses most of the beliefs we are commonly exposed to. Whether it be conservatism, progressivism, or socialism, collectivism involves the imposition of a certain belief or point of view on the rest of society. Whereas the key tenet of individualism is the maximization of freedom in order to live by one's own morals, a key tenet of collectivist ideologies is the willingness to use coercive means to promote a desired social or economic agenda. This may come in two forms. The government might subsidize activities they endorse, or they might restrict people's freedoms through regulations for activities they disapprove of. Unfortunately, this tendency is ubiquitous in our current political landscape existing on both sides of the left-right spectrum. The right side of the modern political spectrum, although it does tend to value individualist ideas such as constitutionalism and economic freedom, it nevertheless drawn to certain collectivist tendencies. Conservatives have supported tariffs, expanded military power, supported the criminalization of same-sex marriages, and embraced policies such as the war on drugs. With that said, the left side of the spectrum is arguably worse, arguing for universal health care, free quote-unquote college, an expanded welfare state, gun control measures, and as a result, increased taxation. The point is, both conservative and progressive causes often involve the imposition of an idea over the entire populace, either by forcing the public to pay for policy or by restricting their freedom to choose. Universal healthcare, free college, the expansion of military powers, and so forth are all collectivists because they seek to promote the common good by forcing citizens to pay for it. This means that less of their money goes to purchasing the things that they actually want and instead goes to funding things they may not want or don't benefit from. The ultimate dichotomy. One may be tempted to assume that individualism is a form of egoism or selfishness, but in his classic work, The Road to Serfdom, Friedrich Hayek points out that this is hardly the case. Individualism merits, oh, excuse me, individualism merely starts from the indisputable fact that the limits of our powers of imagination make it impossible to include in our scale of values more than a sector of the needs of the whole society, Hayek observed. We as individuals want to further further our own interests, and we should be granted as much freedom as possible to pursue this end. Our freedoms cannot be curtailed for some variant of the common good, because that necessarily infers that someone decides what the common good is, and allows their decisions to triumph over the rights of individuals, the protection of which is the very purpose of government. George Orwell, the author of 1984 and one of the great prophets of the 20th century, once observed that the left versus right dichotomy no longer serves the modern world. The real division is not between conservatives and revolutionaries, but between authoritarians and libertarians, Orwell wrote in a 1948 letter to Malcolm Muggeridge. Orwell was right, and going forward, we should acknowledge the collectivistic tendencies in our politics. The simple acknowledgement is the first step towards a universal human goal 
to live by the ideals we find reasonable, to set our own standards, abide by our own principles, and not be restricted or dispossessed by those who believe they know what's best for us. End of the article. Uh, so your thoughts, MC, is this is this the proper uh, dichotomy of which to view the modern world? Uh, that, that, oh my gosh. I want to say I like it, but it's just, it was kind of boring. Um, I, the, whatever, uh, system you come up with, is going to have a problem because, uh, if there's a, a centralization of power, that's really one of the biggest problems of, uh, is, he wasn't really talking about this, but, <clears throat> um, if you have a centralization of power, then all you have to do to get what you want is make people afraid of something. And then all of a sudden you get to do things that it's not good for people or um, something they wouldn't want to do with their own money if uh, they were given a chance. So uh, just like the article said. So um, yeah, that's my that's my whole problem with the article. But whatever. ironically, I was listening to... Um... The School Sucks prod podcast, Project School Sucks Project podcast, uh, and the most um, recent story, uh, the most recent episode, kind of covered what you just said, you know, a little more thoroughly, and that is uh, governments of the past used to push people towards dreams, and then now they're, you know, protecting people from nightmares, right? The, the scary boogeyman that you know, without the state, without the government, um, would, you know, infringe upon your life, liberty, and property. Uh, luckily for us, we are now here to protect it. Um, yeah. as you know, and that's, that is the, the current, uh, model of, you know, uh, political manipulation of but the populace. It's so obvious that that's what it is because it's especially, you know, we just had a, you know, the big COVID scare, um, and then if you look at the places that had uh, lockdown requirements and mask requirements, uh, they didn't do any better than places that were just like, yeah, do whatever you want. So um, the government can't save you, but uh, all the people that worship government uh, are happy that they're there to tell them what to do and tell yeah. others what to do. And, you know, even if you have proof, they still don't get it. Um, so, yeah, they just suck. and. Um, I always tell them that they're stupid. That's what I've been doing on Facebook lately. <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny because people have been actually responding to me. Um, and so they I've must feel emboldened. That, Usually, I've got this thread that's like you know sixty, uh, you know, comments long or more. I don't know, and and people are still like putting their two cents about what I said. And all I said was that scared people are dumb people. And a whole bunch of people have felt the need to respond to that. It's like, what? Well, because you called them out, right? They, but people okay, respond the, when they feel personally attacked in some way. Like they took that okay. shit to heart. But they didn't take it to heart. What they did was they said, well, I'm the good guy here. They, this is all uh, virtue signaling. All of the comments were, well, they they had to step in and say, that um, well, you're you're calling scared people dumb, and that's that's wrong. And for me, I'm not even saying that. I'm I'm calling them out. Like they're dumb, they're scared. They're the ones telling people that they have to wear a mask and shit. Yeah. Um, and and they didn't get it. You know, they they all they wanted to do is stand up for the scared people. Like scared people can sit in their house. You you don't have to do anything for them if they if they're actually afraid. 
then they can just sit in their house and I don't have a problem with that. The problem I have is all these other people trying to stand up for the, for the scared people and saying, I have to stay in my house too. That's bullshit. Yeah. And, and that's what the, the government mandates stem from, right? It's that it's the protection of those scared people against the, the boogeyman, the nightmare, uh, COVID, uh, even now, you know, we're, I, I swear to God, this thing's got to be start to wrap up soon. I've, I've been, I was over it like, you know, within days of it being in the news cycle and it just hasn't gone away. Uh, but one of the, you know, the, the nightmares that I read, uh, today was they were like, Oh, the, the troops at the Capitol, like we, we were thinking about winding down the troops at the Capitol and sending them home. But, uh, <laughs> there's now new reports, uh, that, you know, the, the, the white, the, uh, right wing nationalist, the white nationalists, uh, might be planning another terror plot. Uh, so, so we got to leave the troops there, right? Like, you know, brand new boogeyman. If they take the troops away, that's when the attack will happen. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, again, I, you know, I look at it and I go like, well, you know, there, there, there are troops at the Capitol. There have always been troops at the Capitol, uh, taking, you know, shot from that, from that Orwell thing earlier. Um, that's just the new norm, right? The new norm is just the Capitol's locked down. There, there are troops around it. National Guard is always going to be there. Uh, nary a, a, you know, white nationalist or a homegrown terrorist shall be able to plot against the, the, the uh, cathedral of Western democracy or whatever they were calling that nonsense. Uh, but yeah, just more, more fear for you to be afraid of. What happens when that fear goes away? Because I think one of the things we have learned with the COVID lockdown um, is not that you can keep people scared because I think people are still gen- genuinely fearful, um, but I think they're they're getting worn down, right? Like I I asked you, I'm like, so I see, you know, I'm trying to get you know get a trip back home to Hawaii for some point in the relatively near future, and I I see all the lockdown protocols still in place, and I go, hey, MC, like I'm on social media and I see people at the beach, I see people in the parks, what is going on over there? And you said, like, yeah, people just don't care anymore. Like, you know, that the fear factor seems to have worn off, even though the, the mandates and the restrictions are still in place. Yeah, we just, like two days ago, I think we went into tier three of our lockdown in Hawaii. Um, what does that so even mean? I, honestly, I don't know. I didn't know what <laughs> tier one and tier two were either. Um, I've always just been kind of doing my thing. If a restaurant is open, that's great. If it's not, it pisses me off. But that's about it, you know, like... Um, there was one point where people were getting tickets for uh, being uh, within six feet of their own family at the beach. Um, and Or on their way I, from the from the parking lot to the beach, right? Like you couldn't get caught right. walking on the sand. Right. Um, yeah, you can't walk back together to your car that you're going to get in together uh, because then you're, you're not social distancing. Uh, makes no sense. But... Um, but now it's, I guess it's not like that anymore. I, I don't really know. Um, I don't know what they mean, but anyway. That was, was kind of a rhetorical question. Well, I just, I, my suggestion is that the, the, the tactic of fear uh, eventually wears on oh, people where they don't no, care. It, it doesn't. Well, okay. For each individual thing, eventually they, they don't care about it anymore. Right. Um, it's just like, you know, for, the entire time uh, Trump was in office, uh, there wasn't much to do about uh, uh, the Middle East, I guess. 
much fear coming out of that that the whole terrorism thing just kind of fell by the wayside yeah uh not that uh, trump stopped bombing the area but he didn't like no. initiate any new attacks on new zones but they weren't yeah. pushing the whole uh terrorism thing yeah either um that that we had for for so long and so anyway because well, we had domestic terrorists is, we had trump in office so you have to focus on the local before you can <laughs> spread to the international it's always going to be something else. You know, as soon as COVID's gone, they're, they're trying to push it back to climate change is the biggest threat to mankind. And I think you have an article about that too. Uh, I do. Where is that? Okay. So this is sort of about climate change. Uh, oh, did I move it? Oh, yep. Here we go. Uh, but it also falls into like the conspiracy realm a little bit. So hopefully sure. more entertaining. Uh, Welp. It turns it out have... that weather modification wasn't just another crazy conspiracy theory, is the headline. Right. Is Bill Gates in there? <laughs> I, I I don't remember. It's, He's I... my favorite person to pick on lately. Okay. And and it's and it's fun to pick on him on no, I just made a comment today on Facebook about it. Uh it was um uh no UK insider said that uh conspiracy theorists like to pick on Bill Gates. And I said, Well, that's because he has a savior complex. Yeah, And it's like, you know, you can't save everybody. You, you can't run everybody's life for them. You know, it's like uh, some, some things I know are better for me, uh, whether or not you, you believe that's true or not. And I don't want Bill Gates uh, polluting the atmosphere to cool the planet down. Like, it's fine how it is. And uh, and so my, my comment uh, to somebody else was that, well, you know exactly what's going to happen if they do try to pollute the atmosphere to cool the planet because it's happened before. There's been large volcanoes that have covered the sky and cooled the planet, and we had starvation and things like that, you know, crop failures because there's not enough sunlight. You know, th there are people it, alive today that remember that, you know, global cooling, right, was the, the, the scare of the times, and they were, you know, instructed to spray you know, uh, was it carbon dioxide or carbon dioxide, whatever aerosols into the air to help warm the planet to, you know, to prevent that global cooling. And it looks like, it looks like it worked. <laughs> now we're, we're warming again. It doesn't have anything to do with what humans are doing. Okay. So, so says you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> regarding the Bill Gates thing, I, I did say, you know, once one uh, post on social media was like, uh, I don't mean to like humble brag or anything, but I, I've got the same medical degree as Bill Gates. <laughs> none right <laughs> it's it's you yeah. know it might, it might be a savior complex but it's one of those things where uh it, a cult of celebrity like you become well known that you think that all of a sudden your opinion is valuable um and i think with modern culture it may maybe bill gates is a little outside of this realm but with modern celebrity culture uh it doesn't seem like that line of thinking is going away anytime soon because that's yeah. who that's who's got the most followers. The, you know, people care about what celebrities have to say, regardless of whether or not they have any expertise Bill, in that area. Bill Gates is a is a special character, though, um, because he is so wealthy, and he and he knows how to swing his wealth around to get what he wants, um, and even get you know other people people to pay for his projects. So he's not actually paying that much. Um, so yeah, he's he's to me probably one of the most dangerous people on the planet i mean if you if you consider that he's trying he, he actually wanted at one point i don't know if he still does or not 
wanted to, uh, you know, pollute the atmosphere, put dust particles in the air to cool the planet. Yeah. I mean, there's people that, you know, claim that Bill Gates is a eugenicist, which is why he has all these, you know, vaccine programs being trialed in third world countries. That's the conspiracy stuff. But is it um, though? I mean, the evidence is there that he, no, I mean, he's actually doing some of that. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. the rationale of you know why he's what he's actually trying to accomplish is another thing um yeah so so go ahead go ahead ah fuck when when it comes to that type of thing right one of the my general my personal opinion on it is um that you're allowed to have whatever goals you want for yourself and so long as you're not you know you're not collectivizing and forcing others to help you achieve your goal, right through the through the use of force and the use of violence, then I'm generally supportive of people achieving their goals. So Bill Gates, right, he made a whole bunch of money in software, you know, Microsoft and all that other fun stuff. He has shifted to through uh, to philanthropic endeavors. So he's got, you know, as, even if we disagree with his goals, um, it's not like he's lobbying our government right to tax us more to force us to fund his you know vaccine trials in sub-saharan africa whatever where whatever third world country he's doing that stuff in so i kind of go like okay you know if he's if that's his current pet project and that's what he wants to work on uh do it right and if he's not forcing those people in in africa to you know if they're if they're not enslaved and being forced to take this you know vaccine if they're being you know if their volunteers are being compensated accordingly uh, none of my business um where i would draw the line is you know if they said like well now now that we have tested these vaccines they must be mandatory for all people to take uh, i may object to being forcibly injected by whatever it is he's been testing even if he even if he thinks it's a good idea but you know a, a billionaire um, with outside hobbies and projects that don't, you know, necessarily affect my day-to-day life or even my future. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of, who cares on that, right? More power to you, Bill. Uh, if that's, if that's your objective, then go for it. Just don't do it on me without my consent. Right on. Anything, I mean, I, we cut each other I, off. I mean, I wish, I, okay. I wish he'd stick with software or stick with something that that he's good at. You know, there's as far as I'm concerned, there's nothing to say he's he's been successful in any of his uh, endeavors in third world countries. Yeah, that's and, probably true. But uh, you know, he might be bored of software, and who cares, right? Like you know, uh, Jeff Bezos is stepping down uh, from the day-to-day operations of Amazon. Why? Because he wants to focus on the other billionaire projects that he has going on, right? Elon Musk has like a bazillion things going on at one time. And, you know, you, you could make the argument that he's not particularly successful, uh, at most of them. Right. But he, he dabbles in everything. Um, who cares? Right. You know, if you want to, if you want to draw the line, my, uh, my line is always drawing on the, uh, drawn on the mechanism of how it's funded. So if, if Bill Gates, you know, doesn't have success in the vaccine field, uh, fine, right? Failure is a part of life. He's if he's a billionaire and he's willing to, you know, absorb the financial hit of failure, who cares? If you want yeah, him to not, make more software just, just because he's good at it, he's he's got the 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 media on his side too. So even if he does something bad, um, 
he's still presented as a good person. You know? Yeah. Okay. So, and we could talk so about that. The, the problem is he'll, he'll, he'll do it again and again. And it seems like there's nothing uh, that can uh, stop him. And so anyway, yeah, that's, he's got that's the money. what our job is. Our job is to complain about pe- people yeah. <laughs> doing things that we don't like. Or at least point it out. Right. Like, you know, I, one of the things that, you know, I, I don't, I'm not a voracious reader by any means. Like I, I don't read books. Um, but I do read a lot of like news articles, you know, mostly show prep for this, but also cause that's, that's what I have time to do throughout the day. So I see things, right. I, you know, the, the, the crazier things I've set aside, uh, to talk about, you know, here or wherever, um, but I, I admit, you know, it's the old Mark Twain quote, right? If you, if you, uh, if you don't read the news, you're, you're not informed. If you read the news, you're misinformed. So I'm a very misinformed individual because of how many, how many news articles and headlines that I read. Um, uh, but I always try to like take in the whole, right? Like what it, what's, what's the, what's the facts, what's the commentary, um, and again, you know, to, to touch on earlier, which is why all of a sudden I'm fucking watching Sky News videos, uh, because it's the only, it's the only side that it's the only organization that's presenting what I would call the other side, um, of those things. So it's, you know, for me, it's important to be as informed as possible, even if I disagree with, you know, the source, right? Like I'll watch the clip on CNN, the fluff piece, you know, the, the, the you know, the, whatever the wired article, whatever, news organizations presenting the fluff. Um, but then the, you know, there's facts in there and you just siphon it off and then you get into weird, crazy conspiracy theories about weather modification. Uh, here we go. Weather modification and manipulation don't exist. Weather modification is a crazy conspiracy theory. Weather modification is not scientifically possible. All of these phrases that have been repeated ad nauseum, by mainstream media for years. Suddenly, however, now mainstream media outlets can and do openly discuss ongoing weather modifications from both corporations and foreign governments. It looks like weather modification is one of those crazy conspiracy theories that isn't so crazy after all. Uh, Let's talk first about the Chinese weather modification program. China's program Sounds suspiciously like the conspiracy theories the MSN told us, MSM told us were false. A recent story from Business Insider regarding China's weather modification projects revealed that China is massively expanding its publicly admitted weather control projects. China aims to be able to cover half the country in artificial rain and snow by 2025. The project is a rudimentary and now arcane method of cloud seeding which General Electric claimed to claim the discovery of in the United States in 1946. Uh, China, China launched its program in the 1960s. Dozens of other countries have similar programs. However, China now has the world's largest and it employs around 35,000 people. Keep in mind, this is the publicly acknowledged wing of the program, not secret research or facilities. In a statement, the Chinese State Council said that the country's cloud seeding project would expand five times over to cover an area of 2.1 million square miles. China is 3.7 million square miles, which means that the project would cover 56% of its land surface area. China's weather manipulation is set to be worldwide by 2034. 
the state council said that the project would be a worldwide advance level by 2034 and that it will help alleviate disasters such as drought and hail and that it will facilitate emergency responses to forest or grassland fires. China's current publicly admitted program uses artificial cloud seeding, spraying chemicals like silver iodide or liquid nitrogen into clouds, which can make water droplets condense, then fall as rain or snow. In 2008, China launched a cloud seeding project in Beijing right before the Olympics that caused rain to fall before the event started. In 2016, China devoted $30 million to cloud seeding and began firing bullets filled with salt and minerals into the sky. In 2017, it spent $168 million on a massive supply of equipment to facilitate the project, including four aircrafts and 897 rocket launchers. Business Insider previously reported that China's Ministry of Finance wanted to use cloud seeding to create at least 60 billion cubic meters of additional rain every year by 2020. Chinese media reported in 2019 that cloud seeding taxes in Xinjiang prevented 70% of the crops from anticipated hail damage. One must wonder if a government has the scientific ability to manipulate the weather on such a grand scale. Have they considered weaponizing it as well as using it for benevolent purposes? Some people might ask if the engineering is such that once in a century storm could be created or some other ecological anomaly. No thanks. Oh, excuse me. No, that's just crazy talk. The United States and the United Arab Emirates also have publicly acknowledged weather, weather modification programs. China is not the only country utilizing weather weather modification technology. Jeez, can't say that word. In 2015, for instance, the United Arab Emirates launched a $5 million research program for rain enhancement science. From the mid-60s to the early 1980s, the United States NOAA, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, actively pursued Project Storm Fury, a program designed to modify hurricanes. The U.S. also used cloud seeding in the Great Plains and the western states to combat drought. Wyoming has dumped $15 million into a 10-year study that concluded cloud seeding could add 10% more snow to an existing storm. Idaho even funded a National Science Foundation research project to test cloud seeding to increase snowfall. Idaho Power is interested in putting more snow on the ground in the mountains, which leads to more water in rivers from snowmelt, said atmospheric scientist Jeff French in the University of Wyoming in a statement. In turn, that leads to more power generation capabilities throughout the year. The new feudal overlords are getting in on the act as well. Bill Gates, there you go, he comes up, is funding weather modification projects. Big surprise. One of those projects sounds eerily like the chemtrails that no one can talk about without mockery or accusations of insanity. And by all means, don't admit you believe in conspiracy theories. The FBI might consider you a domestic terrorist. Gates' project called Solar Geoengineering, and it is the means to replicate the effects of a giant volcanic eruption. Thousands of planes will be flown at high altitudes and spray millions of tons of particles around the planet to create a massive chemical cloud that would cool the Earth's surface. However, one problem with mimicking a giant volcanic eruption is that it doesn't merely cool the Earth. It can create an ice age, which leads to famine, which leads to starvation, chaos, war, and death. But that doesn't matter to Gates. It doesn't seem to matter to any of the national governments dead set on upending the Earth's natural balance and equilibrium humans must have with nature to survive on it either. Many people would suggest that that's the whole point, but those people might be conspiracy theorists. Uh, basically the end of the article. So they did mention Bill Gates and his, uh, you know, famine inducing volcanic eruption. Um, 
But I mean, so hear me out briefly. Um, the whole human nature balance thing is always thrown out of whack because humans tend to evolve past that point through scientific experimentation and advances in technology. So could this just be seen as another one of those experiments? Um, or is it a problem because the end result could be catastrophic for the planet as opposed to just for a small amount of people participating? Um, in, in general, humans do better when the planet's warmer. Okay. And that's, that's a trend that hasn't stopped as the planet has got warmer. And so to say, oh, well, we're going to cool the planet, um, that's necessarily going to make it harder for humans, not easier. So it might not hurt the well-off first world countries as much as it does thir third world countries. So but, is, you, is your issue with this, uh, I'm going to say research, the end goal then? Like if, if they were like, we got to find a way to warm the planet so we can advance faster, would you then support uh, geoengineering or, or weather modification? Like does it have an upside? No, it's, it's, it's not necessary. The planet is, as far as we can tell, uh, as good as it's ever been and getting better. So okay. there's, you don't need to spend any money trying to manipulate the weather or the climate uh, for the planet. It's, it's, uh, absurd. Well, again, I hear that, but I also, I see scientific research in, you know, a multitude of areas, right? They go like, you know, can we do this? And then they test and they experiment and they find out whether or not they can. Right. And that, you know, leads to breakthroughs, um, of which, you know, if not the entire plan that a lot of people benefit from through these advancements in science and technology, that's what I'm suggesting. And so when it comes to weather modification, um, my, again, you know, my general opinion is they should all, they, they should be allowed to test it. Right. Can we do this? Well, let's find out. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess, I mean, it's, it's one thing to say, Oh, we're going to seed some clouds and make some, uh, more snow so we can have more water in our rivers and stuff like that. And it's another to that say, seems oh, beneficial gonna, to people in those areas, right? It, it's another to say, oh, well, we're going to try to replicate a volcano that we know is dangerous and causes death at a massive scale. Right. The okay. So I, I think that's the point where we can agree, right? So it's not necessarily the, the research that that's being done. It's the scale in which they're trying to alter things that we believe ought not be altered. Yeah. Right. If, if there's, if there's a small farming community that is experiencing a drought and you go like, well, we can help get you rain. We just seed some clouds and it'll rain. And then, you know, crops grow and, and people get fed. And there, there's some unknowns that I don't understand or haven't uh, tried to figure out yet. And that's, that's if you, if you make it rain one place, does that mean it's not going to rain somewhere else? That's an so. excellent question. Right, um, I think that's kind of what uh, you know. If you're talking about international warfare, that's what they would be interested in: is uh, intentionally causing a drought or uh, something in that nature to hurt to hurt another country. Yeah, and that that should be a concern because you know one of the things that we know throughout history um, is that governments, state agents, state agencies. Uh, will always try to use those technological advances um, in a weaponized form, 
right? Uh, we, we, you know, we touched on COVID-19 a little bit earlier, um, and all signs point to, you know, that being designed in a lab somewhere in Wuhan, China, depending on the source you believe or that you follow. Um, and there, you know, the, there, there are theories abound that suggest that that was, you know, being designed for some sort of, you know, weaponization, right? What would happen if, you know, you, if China got a hold of that and was able to target a population and make them all sick and die though, like the most hard, harshest death you can possibly imagine with, you know, coughing and, and weakness or whatever. Uh, so it's not, it's not unheard of to say that, uh, states will weaponize technological advances. Um, but I don't think that just because that's on the table that we call for the cessation of all scientific and technological research, right? We can, we can say like, well, there are the weather modification has some benefits. Um, we are not clear on the hidden costs, right? That, that which is seen and which is unseen is always a factor within these things as well. Uh, however, as scientists, we are going to test those things uh, and we'll see, you know, we, we'll do our best to say like, well, if we set up a cloud over this town over here, uh, do we see historical loss of precipitation in that town over there? Who knows? But you don't, you don't know uh, you can't, you know, if, if you, you, you don't know if it's possible unless you do the test, maybe you just save the town from, you know, from a drought, uh, get, get the crops back on to feed people because the crops are now watered and you're not experiencing, you know, maybe, maybe you seed a cloud, uh, over, you know, over somewhere in, in Nevada, the Las Vegas area where there's a desert, uh, and that, that, uh, cloud seeding technology, allows an entire new, uh, you know, urban population to develop, uh, because now the concern about how do you get water to the desert, uh, is no longer a concern. You just see the clouds and boom, you know, you can, you can migrate people to, to places that were uninhabitable before perhaps, right? This is on the table if you do the research, but I'm with you on the volcano, right? Probably not a good idea to, to, <laughs> to blow up a volcano. <laughs> Don't want to replicate that. And, and and it might happen again on its own anyway. And uh, it's not going to be a good thing for sure. That's the other thing, right? You know, like when, when you're messing with the weather, you know, may, maybe you cause, you know, extraordinary damage. Uh, but it's not that extraordinary damage doesn't occur naturally anyway, you know. So you just prepare like you normally would. Like, oh my gosh, we just created a hurricane. All right, batten down the hatches. You got a hurricane coming, you know. <laughs> survive it like you would survive anything else perhaps i don't know i'm just well there's there's a, a dark side of myself that wants to see them uh see bill gates succeed in his uh planet cooling technology and then just so i can say told you so you know like obvious bad idea when will people wake up but even even then i, I don't think everybody would wake up i think you know, everybody believes what they want to believe and they would blame it on something else. Of course and, they uh, would. And they would say, well, you know, people are starving to death, but uh, it's good for the planet. You know, <laughs> It's good for a different group of people, right? Because again, the, the current condition is already there are people starving to death, right? And, you know, for... Well, yeah, for... I'm talking about it over the last 
200 years, the amount of people starving to death has dropped dramatically. And yeah, I just saw another chart about uh, child uh, mortality rate dropping to 3.4% worldwide, uh, which is historically low. I mean, it used to be up like 30 to 40%. So, yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I would, I, I would attribute a lot of that to advances in science and, te- and technology and, sure. you know, but, and, it, and, and good weather and okay. good growing seasons and more CO2 in the atmosphere to, yeah. it, it, it makes a big difference when, when the food thing is taken care of. Um, Understood. And all I'm, and I mean, again, back, you know, what I, what I suggested earlier is that maybe this enhances that, um, if done properly by the right group of people. Yeah. Right. Well, you put it in the hands to, of the to state, clear, it's likely to be weaponized. There's what, you know, weather changing and then there's global climate changing. And those are two different things. So okay. I would, I would say any global climate change that somebody try, attempts to do is probably going to end up horrible for a lot of people. Yeah. Fair. So blowing up a volcano that cools the entire earth bad, uh, seeding a cloud over a, you know, a, a, uh, drought-ridden area, possibly good. Results uncertain. But global changes almost guaranteed to end poorly. Even if you find some good in it, it's not going to be good on the whole because there are, there will be some people yeah. and left unless, out. Cold. Unless you don't like humans. Like, if, if you understand that that humans have it better when it's warm, and so far the trend has been the warmer the planet gets, the better humans do, um, then you'd be insane to want to cool the planet that is that would be going <laughs> the opposite direction as far as humans go okay well i'm gonna th- I, at the risk of you know sounding insensitive it seems to me that there might be a sweet spot for that temperature thing um yeah and we haven't got there yet we don't know what the the the, the correct temperature of the planet should be well, okay. Um, there, but, there's people that are saying, oh, well, it's too hot right now and there's a crisis and there's not. It's just, that's not true at all. I would like to possibly suggest, and I don't have statistics in front of me to bear this out, just, just my opinion. It seems to me that the northern countries, uh, for whatever reason, with a more temperate weather pattern or climate, seem to be the wealthier places on the planet right i think it has north america wealthier than central and south america uh you know northern europe wealthier than central and southern africa and and those countries yeah i'm I'd, i'd have to read some books and find out why that is yeah but i mean if we're just if we're just talking about weather you know the, the warmer places don't seem to be doing so hot <laughs> on the economic spectrum, whereas, you know, moderate temperatures, maybe, maybe four seasons has something to do with that. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But, but the scientist, right. Should, should look into this and figure this out. But All right. uh, I think, I mean, one thing to point out though, is that for back in 1980, they said, Oh, we're going to have all these climate refugees if we don't stop the planet from warming and, and by 2000. And that's, 21 years ago now one well, they're all and, coming up from mexico for it's where it's cooler up here but they're actually not i mean oh. it's i mean uh immigration isn't any different of a problem than it was in 1980 
and there's there's a lot of people i mean there's they're still growing plenty of crops in mexico we get we get a lot of our food from mexico so it's not like they they're having a problem uh growing food because it's too hot you know that's ridiculous okay but the the hotter places again i just to play devil's advocate a little bit um the hotter the hotter climates uh tend to end up looking like a desert and not much grows in a desert like there there's a mm. there's a sweet spot somewhere there there's, there's like a lot nothing of grows that, in the desert if you're going like it's hot where it's hot stuff grows and like no cuz nothing grows in the desert it's fucking yeah, hot out there there's a lot of things that, that that factor into why it becomes a desert okay you know weather patterns how, how close you are to the ocean and trade trade winds and all, i mean all types types of uh atmospheric things and so um you know if if there's global warming which there has been between i guess 1980 and 2000 that that was obvious enough um it didn't it didn't change their their uh uh farming output is what i'm saying so okay and and i think they probably increased because there's more co2 in the atmosphere it's easier to grow stuff it's even easier to grow crops with less water and so um yeah it's another benefit to co2 in the atmosphere okay fair enough um we're right up at the end do you want any final thoughts or any more thoughts on this climate conspiracy theory yeah i mean i I just kind of want to make it clear to people that you know just because you get closer to the equator doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a desert there are you know africa huge desert there at the equator but um it's it's not like that everywhere. There's people that live near the equator, uh, many places around the world, and so it's 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 not just temperature that creates a desert. Fair enough. So, All right, that'll do it for exposure. us. Oh, go ahead. Or Final sun box? exposure. Go sun ahead. exposure. Okay. All right, that'll do it for us. You guys know where to find us: anarchistexperience.com on Telegram, t.me/anarchistexperience or t.me/theanarchistexperience. And if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon, patreon.com slash the anarchist experience. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll talk to you all next week. Peace.